0: I'm going to talk about gifts in a little bit, but I just want to thank our wonderful musicians for sharing their gifts with us. Whoa. Just start sobbing periodically. (laughs) It's great. And then dancing and then laughing. and Not (laughs) shoe-bopping. My husband was actually babysitting. During the Shoebop, I was looking around like, where is he? (laughs) He's hiding. (laughs) Um, So we have asked several questions. We have a couple more to go. We have asked who, what, when, and where. So what do you think is next? Nope. Nope. Well, (laughs) half of you are saying the right answer, and half of you are saying tomorrow's answer. So try it really loud. Why? 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 Yes. And I was thinking about this, if you asked the average person on the street which of these questions would be most important for them to have answered, my guess is that this would be the one because people want to know why Why do I exist? What is my purpose? It brings me back to the very, one of those very first quotes I gave you, we want to know that we matter. And that's why I think I love so much Pope Benedict's qu- quote that says, each of us is the result of a thought of God Each of us is willed, each of us is loved, and each of us is necessary. We are necessary. God has a plan for our lives. It also reminds me of St. Augustine's quote that I shared yesterday. You have made us for yourself. You have made us for ourself. And our hearts are restless, Lord, until they rest in you. The deepest truth of our existence is that we exist for God. And we, when we come to know this truth, when it moves from our head to our hearts to just every part of us, we can't help but want to share it with others. We want others to know that as well. A few years ago, I read a book by Henry Nouwen called Life of the Beloved. And it was a great book. I was really enjoying it. And then I ran across this one sentence. I thought, this is it. If I just remember this sentence, this, exp- this sums up my life. It says that my, the life, my life's purpose is to realize that I am the beloved of God and then help everyone else realize that they are the beloved of God. That's it. If it, it all boils down to that. I need to realize that I am God's beloved and then help everyone else realize that they are God's beloved. So we are going to talk today about mission. Um, But let's begin with a prayer. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Lord, you call us to be your witnesses wherever we are whether it be in Judea or Samaria or right here in Minnesota. But we do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask right now, Lord, that you would just prepare our hearts, if for nothing else, to realize that we are your beloved. That's our goal. Once we realize that, it's just going to spill out of us. So help us open our hearts to know your love in new and mystical and miraculous ways. For that is your desire for us. You made us for you. Help us to know that, that we are necessary. In your name we pray, amen. We are made for mission. The word mission has the same root as the word for mass. So you Catholics out there, do you know what, where Mass comes from? Do you know what, what the, why we say it's the Mass? What? The dismissal. At the very end of every Catholic Mass, a priest or a deacon says, go. That's the last thing they say. And they might say, like, go and proclaim the gospel, go forth and tell the good news. They can say it in many different ways, but they say, go. And then the congregation responds, thanks be to God. We are made for mission. The church exists, we exist to evangelize, to let everyone else know that we are God's beloved, that they are God's beloved. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is called the Great Commission. He is commissioning them, giving them a mission, giving us a mission, it says. Jesus approached them and said to them, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. And I think people want a mission. They want to know that they're important. They want to know that they have a purpose. But sometimes we dive in and we neglect a very important part Listen to this again. Jesus approached them and said to them, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and do this. Who is the one initiating the mission? Jesus. So he's the one that needs to know what the mission is. We can think, well, what should I do? Maybe I should go to Africa. Maybe I should go scrub toilets. Maybe I should fix a sink that falls off the wall. We all have our different mission. But the purpose of the mission isn't what I want to do. It's what God wants me to do. And so instead of starting with our mission, we want to begin with our relationship with God. That is our first step in entering on the mission. We go into relationship with God. I am very grateful for the many words of affirmation you have given me. But I want to tell you, when Pete said I struggle with giving a bio, I do struggle with giving a bio because I realize that I really don't have any qualifications. You know, someone's like, so why are you speaking? I'm like, I just really don't know. I don't, my initials after my name are BA, and that's in mathematics, of which I remember very, very little. (laughs) That's it. I haven't written a book. I'm I'm not a teacher in a seminary or anything. I just know that this is what God wants me to do. So this is how I write a talk. I get up in the morning and I go downstairs and I have a bowl of Cheerios. And while I'm having my bowl of Cheerios, the coffee is brewing, I take my cup, I go up into my room and I start to pray. And I'm just having my prayer time and all of a sudden the Lord's like, that's a really good thing to share with people. So I jot it down. I just keep praying. Oh, that's a really good thing. Jot it down. And then, you know, after a few days of that, I got this list. And then when it's time to give these talks, I just take the list, I chop it up. and I'm like, okay, here's talk one, here's talk two. I, I really, I love this. I don't really have to work at it because it's God telling you what to do. A better example of this, I was giving a, a talk at our parish. The talk was at 7.30 in the evening and I tried to prepare and I tried and I tried and I'm like, this is just not going anywhere. And now it is like four o'clock in the afternoon and I've got to give a talk at 7.30. I'm like, oh, this is kind of scary. So I thought, well, I'll call the people who have the gifts of prayer. And I said, you need to pray for me. And I went for a run and I was just listening to the praise and worship music and I'm on my run. I'm like, there's the talk. Came back, it was one of my better talks because it came out of their prayer. And I just had to listen and receive it and then be able to pass it on to the others. But so my mission to be here with you, just for these days, I don't know if I'll have this mission next week, but for my mission for right now, it came out of and continues to come out of my relationship with God. So the most important thing I do is stay connected to God. I have to have that relationship with him. That has to be the first thing. So that's, I'm going to give you another acronym. That's R. So I gave you A-R-R-R. This one is R. And out of my relationship, when I spend that time with God, I receive my identity. I. Next one will be mission. So then it's just rim, so you can remember it. So out of my relationship, I receive my identity. And the basic part of my identity is that I am God's delight. He loves me. I know I am his beloved. But as I come to know that I am his delight, I'm his beloved, he's also telling me, these are things I love about you. These are gifts and talents I've given you. And I want you to use those for my glory. (laughs) So a charism is a gift that God gives you for others. And I happen to have the gift of evangelism, and that's why I'm here. I am really bossy and I'm really organized, but I do not have the charism of leadership. I don't. I I lead a committee and I'm miserable and then I'm grumpy and then I just, in fact, uh, Evan, you're a personal trainer, right? I did my first pull-up after a committee meeting because I was so ticked at how I'd behaved at that meeting. (laughs) I went to work out. I'm like, oh, come on. And I just, oh, like, yes, I finally did a (laughs) pull-up. I am not a leader. I just am not. I can do it, but it just, it just doesn't, it's so much work. It's so draining, and no one's really happy in the end. At least I'm not. Maybe others are, but I'm not. I would encourage you to ask God what your charisms are. Now, I can look around this room, and believe me, I can see many charisms that I think you have. But someone might look at me and say, she has the charism leadership because she is bossy. I've discerned that I don't have it. You need to discern if you have it or not. I look at these beautiful people on stage leading this music. I move to tears. I think they've got a charism of worship and music. I look out at many of you, and I'm like, you definitely have the gift, a charism of hospitality, or helps, or evangelism, or a smile. I have a friend at our parish who said, yeah, I really don't have any gifts and talents, but I do have the charism of joy. And believe me, she has the charism of joy. She just spreads joy wherever she is. Many people are afraid of mission. Like, what if, what if he sends me to Africa? But when we follow the relationship to identity to mission, we really don't need to be afraid because God loves us. He wants our very best all the time. He's there loving us. He's equipping us. I love this, the, the line, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So we're having this relationship with him. We find our identity. He, he shows us what our charisms are. And then he just leads us into mission. God, in his great goodness, in my devotional this morning, was all about this. He said, we give God our first yes and then after that, it's just this explosion of yeses as he just leads us on this journey. Here's this for you. Here's this for you. Here's this for you. And like I said at the very beginning, this makes my heart sing because this is what I was created to do. I love it. It's just, it just makes me so happy to talk about how great God is and to let you all know you're the beloved, as at the same time you're letting me know that I'm the beloved. We're here together just sharing this beautiful relationship with the Lord. There's a great quote by St. John Henry Newman called I Have My Mission. And he says this God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me which he has not committed to another. I have my mission. I have my mission. But then, this is a really important line. He says, I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. We don't even need to know what our mission is. All we need to do is stay in relationship with the Lord, let him tell us who we are to him, how much he loves us, what he's equipped us to do, and just say the next yes. Just say the next yes. I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I want to give us time to pray right now, to have that time of relationship with the Lord. You can go ahead and pass the whys up. Thanks. And during this time, I just would really encourage you to think about not only that you're God's beloved, but, and let him look at you with that love, but also say, Lord, you know, what, what are the certain things about me? What specific things do you delight in in me? What, what gives you joy in me that is special and unique to me that you might want to use? The Bible verses are that great commission, the Matthew twenty eight, that God says all power in heaven has been given to me. Another one is Acts eight, which says you'll the one that I prayed with, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Uh, Philippians one six, one three through six, I love this one. It says that God will complete the good work in you that He began. And then the, the Matthew passage at the end is my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I know for a lot of us that's a as we've been sharing our stories with one another, a lot of us have some pretty heavy yokes. And I've told different people as we've um, been sharing our hearts that I like to think of the yoke as the cross. Actually, you know, it's kind of a perfect yoke. You got the the two the crossbar, and then you got this like thing that makes the furrow. And I am yoked with Jesus. And uh, we, our neighbors had some sled dogs that were rescue dogs, Malamutes. And they were rescue dogs because they were slacker sled dogs. Which meant they learned to run just fast enough so that they didn't need to pull. I want to be a slacker sled dog. <laughs> so I'm here with Jesus. And all I have to do is keep up. He's going to pull that load for me. And then we're going to be on mission together. And we're going to plow this field together. And we're going to sow seeds of love wherever He wants to go and however He wants to do it. Let's pray. Lord, your children are here, your dearly beloved, delightful children. Help us just to start by putting ourselves in your presence. Letting you look at us with that gaze of love. Knowing how much you delight in us. Broken and feeble as we are. You still delight in us. Help us just to see your love and receive it. and as we sit in that gaze of love we we take time now to go into our hearts and acknowledge our thoughts and our feelings and our desires they may be feelings of fear what would this mission look like they might be feelings of excitement um, Might be f- desires that we want to know more of your love whatever it might be, we're just gonna take time and just acknowledge whatever is stirring in our hearts. As we go deep into our hearts and and find what's there, those feelings and those thoughts and those desires, now we're going to relate them to God. Just tell him about them. He wants us to share them with him and so that we can just have this beautiful conversation of heart to heart with our loving God. And then for the next 5 to 15 or 5 to 10 minutes we'll just receive. So As you tell your heart to the Father, just let him tell his heart to you now. What he has to say to us is so much more important than what we have to say to him. Just receive those words of love and delight and how we are so precious to him and so unique and special. Lord, we thank you that we are your beloved children that you delight in us, because we belong to you. We are yours. Help us to come to know that we are your beloved, and to grow in that knowledge and in deeper and deeper into that love every day of our lives, that that love might spill over and help everyone else know that they are the beloved. Amen. A few days ago, we talked, or maybe it was yesterday—I can't remember anymore. <laughs> we talked about Peter. <laughs> anyway, uh, we talked about Peter denying and Jesus restoring him. And if we remember the the betrayal of Jesus and his arrest, you know, he was brought before Annas the high priest. He was brought forth before Caiaphas and all these people, and. Peter fled and then was hiding behind the scenes and denied him before, you know, just these little peasants. But now, in Acts 3, Peter has been redeemed by Jesus, he's been restored, and he's received the Holy Spirit. And so Peter and John heal a crippled beggar, And the crowd, and then he preaches this beautiful sermon, and the crowd of believers grows to 5,000. Pretty good, pretty good evangelizer to go from 12 or 72 to 5,000 like that. But, um, But the temple officials are upset, so they lock up Peter and John. The next day, Peter and John are brought before the leaders, the elders, including Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and all the members of the high priestly class. This is what happens. These elders and scribes say, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, think of this coward, says, filled with the Holy Spirit, Leaders of the people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a cripple, namely, by what means he was saved, then all of you and the people of Israel should know that it was in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, in his name this man stands before you healed. He is the stone rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is no salvation through anyone else, nor is there any other name under heaven given to the human race by which we are saved. Wow. Is this the same Peter? And this is perhaps one of my favorite verses in Scripture. Observing the boldness of Peter and John and perceiving them to be uneducated, ordinary men, they were amazed. And... They recognize them as the companions of Jesus. I stand up here, (laughs) an ordinary woman. I am educated, but not in all the ways that I should be, to be able to do this. But I spend time with Jesus, and he's given me this gift. I couldn't do that. I could work and work and work. I couldn't do that. But these people spend time with Jesus. He's given them gifts. We're able to praise them together. Ask Him what your gifts are. Amen.